Hey, sweet sister friend, welcome back to the Shine with Franny show. I am so glad you are here. Now, I'm just going to give a disclaimer, y'all. Okay, if you're new to the show, this might be a little TMI for you. And if you've been around for a hot minute, you might still be like, oh, ma lanta, that girl. But guess what? When we are vulnerable, when we share our authentic stories, people can connect with us. And I never share this information as a look at me or I'm bragging. I share it from a place of me too, because I know that there is someone who is out there who has a situation that they are going to be able to relate to, and this will resonate with them. So tonight we're going all the way back to the early 1990s. I don't know how old you are. Okay, sister friend, but we're talking some big hair, peg jeans, maybe even some skids. Was that a thing in your world? Like we would wear like they almost like pajama bottoms. All right. So I had one of my summer jobs. I had many summer jobs over the years. And one of my summer jobs was working at Crazy Eddie Wilson's Furniture Store. Yes, it was on State Street in Hermitage, Pennsylvania. And for the 4th of July week, the few days leading up to 4th of July, every year he would have this big, huge tent sale. And then, of course, they would put, you know, discounted furniture out there. And they had this big truck in the front. And it was a hot dog truck. And it was so fun. I mean, like, it was like, almost like a carnival. Okay. Even though it was just this truck and there was soda and you could buy popcorn and there was all the concession type of food. Well, my mom was good friends with he and his wife. And so that was one of my summer jobs. So it was really only like a four or five day thing, right? There was the setup and then the teardown and all that. And so I was super excited to have this job. And I mean, it racked in you guys like five or $600 in a few days, which, you know, I'm sure he's paying us under the table and we're talking early nineties. So I think minimum wage was like $5. All right. I might be exaggerating on that, but there was a huge group of us. They were all high school, college kids who all worked and there were probably like 20 of us. And some of them were runners. The guys would carry all the big hot dogs and these big sterno trays and the tinfoil trays and all. And you know, then the sweet girls, we would be up front and somebody was taking the money. Okay. So you get the picture. Okay. And like y'all they're selling TVs and couches. Okay. in this big, huge tent, but we would like lure them in. And for a dollar, you can get a hot dog and a Coke. And then like, I don't know the other, you know, concession stand goodies. So there was a large group of us, like I mentioned, probably about 20 of us. And there happened to be this group of teenage boys now teenage into early, you know, twenties. And a couple of them were brothers, but they were all really good friends. And again, I come from small town America, so their parents also knew the owners. So it was like this big powwow. Now, the cool thing about it was I went to a Catholic high school and these boys, they were new. They were exciting. Now, so just envision like Sandra D. I'm not saying that I'm Sandra D, but maybe I am. But, and like Danny Zuko, because that was the equivalent of me, like my purity and my innocence. And I was kind of clueless and I didn't have a boyfriend. You know, I, I'm 16 years old at this point. I had never had a boyfriend, never kissed a boy, all the things. So now, you know, here you have this whole new crop of guys and I'm like, oh, they're different. They're not my regular high school, you know, Catholic boys, Catholic school boys who make fun of me and call me fat Fran and tons of fun. So I was super excited to get to know these boys, you know, the first day and I was a little flirty with this one guy. We're going to call him Derek, not his name, protecting the innocent and, or the guilty. And so he was so cute. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh. And he was older he was turning 20. And so I was, you know, smitten by him. First of all, he was an older guy and he kind of had this like bad boy edge to him. Super cute, bigger, heavier set kind of guy. He had wrestled in high school and you know, all the things. So I was just like, Oh, he's so cute. You know, envision the letterman jacket, but probably couldn't fit him because he was too chubby. 
So I was like, oh, this guy is for me. Like we can go and eat hot dogs together. Okay. Cause back in the day I was probably about 250 at this time. So anyways, he went to Pitt, which is, you know, University of Pittsburgh. And he, you know, obviously was away in college and things like that, but was home for the summer. And so I was like, super excited. You know, when he asked me for my phone number, now you guys were also talking, like we didn't have cell phones back then. So he literally had to call like the house phone. Okay. (laughs) So he, you know, asked my phone number and I was super excited and I got all the butterflies and, you know, made sure like the next day that my hair was looking all cute, make sure I wore like cute shorts to go with my like shirt, you know, my staff shirt and all. So we dated, that was in July. And then we, I I don't even know if I want to call it dating. Okay. But so we ended up, you know, talking, hanging out. And there were many times over the summer he would call and my friends, you know, their parents wouldn't allow them to go out late at night. And I was just driving, you know, not even that year really. And, uh, but he would call and he lived in Greenville. So I would drive 20 minutes and I would go out to like these barn parties that these kids were having where they were literally just drinking like in someone's barn or on their property or having a fire or something. So I would drive, you know, out to these parties in the middle of the night. Now you guys, now I'm 16 years old, like hanging out with this group of guys who I don't know. They don't go to my school. So are you guys catching and what I'm putting down here? Okay. Like it's not a safe scenario, not wise. I think that is the reason why God has withheld me from having children because I probably would have them under like lock and key if I had children now. Anyway, so we dated, you know, he went back to school and we dated through the fall and he was in a fraternity. And I remember that he called and he was like, Hey, his birthday was two days away from mine. His was October 8th. And he, you know, so I went down there for the weekend and, you know, it was, I was excited because I was at a college party. He was part of the TEAC. I don't even know what that stands for, but if you were in a sorority or you had Greek life at your college, you might very well know what that is. But they were like the cool guys on campus at Pitt. And I stayed overnight. And like, what was my mom thinking? I was 16 years old. Like, I I don't even know. I was just turned 17, I think, because it was our birthdays were together. So regardless, I'm a senior in high school, just turning 17 years old, going and staying on a college campus, driving my car down there. I mean, it was just bad news bears. So a couple weeks later, he's like, well, are you going to come down for Halloween? And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, of course, I wanted to kind of have the festivities with my girlfriends. Um, You know, it was our senior year and everything. And mind you, he did not come home for my homecoming. He said he didn't want to do high school stuff anymore. I was like, okay, that which means you're not going to be able to drink in high school, right, at a dance. So anyways, he was a big drinker, okay, which I was not really in high school. So anyway, so I go down a couple weeks later um, over Halloween, and he is drunk as a skunk, like drunk as all get out. And so he's like stumbling back, you know, to his bedroom and, you know, and they're in bunk beds. It's a college fraternity house. Okay. Now, mind you, I'm now following along and I'm like, so uneasy, you know, I don't know these guys. I don't drink really, you know, I don't smoke like they're drinking and smoking and I'm sure they were doing other things. And I just didn't even, I was so naive and so innocent, young and stupid. And so here we go back to his room and we're in these bunk beds And I just didn't even know like what to expect. And he's drunk and wasted and things are moving really quickly. And we had hung out before, but it was never like to this level. And so we're rounding the bases. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. And if you've got kids in the car, you're listening to this, you better put your earbuds in. (laughs) And I really should have stopped like him at the petting zoo. Okay. You know what I'm talking about there? And, but I didn't fully know how to say no. 
So I'm 17 years old. I don't know how to say no in, you know, enough is enough. And I'm an hour and a half away from home. It's two o'clock in the morning. Am I going to drive home? I'm tired. I'm afraid to drive home. But here's the thing. I'm more afraid to say no to this guy because what was happening down deep inside of me was I felt like, oh, well, if I do this, then I will be loved. Okay. So we're going second, third base. We're like going to hit the home run here. And I just remember like crying and bawling before anything even happened. And he is so drunk. He doesn't even like realize it. And I was like, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And so long story short, y'all, this is where I lost my virginity was on Halloween weekend in 1992. Sadly enough, I was still in high school and that was just such a turning point for me because I then constantly was looking for and had an addiction to men's attention. Now, from the time I was a little girl, I had really desired it because I was always looking for that love for my father, but I didn't have a lot of really strong male role models or even men in my family. My grandfather passed away when I was in ninth grade. My stepfather had passed away. My dad had died in college. There was just a lot of stuff that had happened in my life. And so I didn't really have strong male role models. I didn't even have the attention of men. So I used this as an opportunity of like, oh, well, he'll love me. Well, let me just say, he didn't, okay? (laughs) He didn't love me even more. In fact, shortly thereafter, I think around Thanksgiving, we actually broke up. And so here I was, and I was like, you know, I thought this was going to be like my forever love, my high school sweetheart, right? Like, let's go ahead and be Sandra Dean, Danny Zuko, all the things. And I did not know my worth, and I did not believe that I was valuable to say no. And I didn't know how to say no because I'd never been taught that. I'd never been talked about with that. That had never been a conversation. So for those of you mamas who have daughters out there or just teenagers at, you know, even 10 years old, I think, oh my gosh, you have to start talking younger and younger. But the sad part to me was that I had already been on this streak, if you will, and I had already been seeking love and acceptance and validation for years and years from outside resources and outside sources and external vices, if you will. You know, I learned that no box of zebra cakes could ever fulfill me. I learned that having a homecoming queen title and the crown was not going to make me loved or not going to make me any, any more accepted. And now here at 17 years old, I learned that losing my virginity to a college student, you know, to a college guy was certainly not going to fill that God-shaped hole in my heart that was designed for only God to fulfill. And so that, like I mentioned, really started this onset of me then going further and further into more promiscuity. And then of course, dabbling and then playing around then of course with drinking and things like that. My senior year before I even went away to college. Now I wish that I could say that you know, I got it together before that. And unfortunately it didn't. I just shared with you a little bit of my you know journey in the next few years. And it was just such a hard time because we all know that, you know, being a teenager and then of course a college student, you are just overwhelmed by peer pressure and you have so many things that you're introduced to, but you don't necessarily have the tools or the skills. And really, you know, I, my worth I didn't have any worth. I didn't have any self-worth. I didn't have a good self-esteem. I didn't have a solid awareness and identity of who I was and how much I was loved and how much I was valued. So it was really hard for me 
to go through those stages and phases of life. And so one of the ways that I really medicated was through drinking because I could like numb it for a moment and I could forget, you know, in the here and the now. And then also too, I was, I had no inhibitions, you know, I had no problem going to a party and taking off my shirt. Like who does that? Like I was in college and I would, I do stupid things. Like I literally ran across campus without a shirt on. Um, like there's so many things I could tell you. I don't want to get into all that because really what I want to focus on here, you guys, is that self-sabotaging pattern that I really had just adopted as a lifestyle. It was just every single thing that I did was self-sabotaging. Now I've learned, you know, through the years, I always just thought it was like just low self-esteem and, you know, but when I started studying it and I started working with therapists and I was really learning that, you know, it's when you undermine your own values, right? When you completely negate them and you don't have a value system. And so then you start doing things and your behavior then acts in accordance, right? That you go against. It's kind of the paradox, right? You know that you want to, and then you fill in the blank and then you do the exact opposite, right? So it was a direct reflection of how I was feeling inside. And so then I was going and I was doing the exact opposite thing. So I was wanting love, but guess what? I thought that I was going to get love. And so, but I didn't love myself. And so it can be, you know, an unconscious or a subconscious or really even a conscious behavior. Oftentimes we're very aware of things that we do. I always tell friends and family, I'm very keenly aware of all my shortcomings, right? (laughs) And you genuinely want to do the right thing, you know, but it's directly conflicting to actually the desire that you have. So that's where it becomes a little bit tricky. So I know that for me, you know, I know that I have friends and people that I work with, you know, that they'll say, oh, I really want to, you know, get up early in the morning and work out. But then they also really like watching Netflix late at night. (laughs) So there's that. And then of course, you know, that we know that people will say, oh, I really want to eat healthier, but you know, I don't pack a lunch, you know, and then, or, you know, and then I end up ordering out or Uber eats or whatever, or maybe somebody might say, and somebody might be nodding your head in agreement over here, right. That I really want to spend more time with God, but then you're using your Bible app on your phone and then you're distracted by 42 other notifications. Okay. Now this is not a place of condemnation up in here. If this is any, this is resonating with you. This is simply a place of conviction. Like, uh, I do that. <laughs> okay. Or maybe, you know, that you're like, uh, I really want to go ahead and I want to get back on, you know, track and not drinking as much during the week and things like that. And then all of a sudden you just can't pass up the two for one margaritas at Chili's at happy hour on Fridays. Okay. I'm just saying, right? So in every single one of these scenarios, you know, and even in my own life, I was starting to mention, you know, I wanted love, but I didn't know what love was or how to love myself. And so, you know, in that situation, I really wanted to be loved, but I didn't know love. I didn't know our father's love. I didn't know a father's love here on the earth. And I didn't know what love was to love myself. So therefore I went against a value system that I didn't even know. It was a subconscious thing. I didn't even know. I was unconscious of it. And I was continually looking for all of these external voids, vices, you know, all the things outside of me to fill me. And so that was a very, very, very toxic span of, mm, I hate to say it, probably about eight or 10 years, okay? Because those vices just continued to mature. They went from, you know, the food in my early years. And then, of course, as I mentioned, you know, um, alcohol and things like that, promiscuity. Thankfully, by God's grace, I never did drugs. 
So sister friend, I want to share with you though, that it is time for a butt reduction. Okay. Because I just mentioned, you know, I want to exercise, but I want to watch Netflix. I want to eat healthy, but I didn't pack a lunch. I want to spend more time with God, but I'm using my phone. I'm getting notifications. In every single one of those, there is a butt statement. And so today I'm not going to focus too much on the heavy scripture here, but I do want you to make a mindset shift here today. And I do want you to go into scripture on your own. So while I'm not sharing scripture, I want you to dive into scripture on your very own. And as I mentioned, it's time for a butt reduction. So we're going to take out that word, but that little small conjunction, but that connects those two thoughts and ideas. And we're going to replace it with another one. And, and we're going to say, instead of saying, but we're going to say, and so I want to get healthier and I'm going to make a commitment to set my alarm early in the morning or, and I'm going to commit to going to bed and lights out by 10 or, and I'm going to go ahead and commit to, um, one drink at happy hour and giving another one to a friend. Okay. Whatever that is, or maybe no happy hour. Okay. Maybe you said, I'm going to go to the gym. So I want to get healthier and I'm going to go to the gym on Friday instead of happy hour. Okay. Again, no condemnation. Perhaps this is conviction though. Hopefully I'm speaking to some of y'all up in here today. All right. So that first exercise is your butt reduction and your and addition. You're going to fill in that first statement. I want X, right? Identify what it is that you want, what you're desiring. And then you're going to go ahead and you're going to remove that, butt and replace it with, and, and I will commit to, and I will. And then you fill in the blank with what you plan to do to accomplish that. No excuses here. All right. And then the second thing that I want you to do is using that first statement, that desire statement. I want, I desire, I'm seeking whatever your first statement is, right? I want you to go ahead and take a few minutes to write that down. And then I want you to identify how you will feel when you have accomplished that thing. So going, and I know that we don't live from a place of feelings, right? But I will feel seen or known or validated or chosen or accepted or whole, whatever that is, right? Joyful. And then this is where the hard part comes in. Okay. This is a little tough activity here. Whatever it is that you're desiring there for me, I'm going to just use mine. I want to be loved, right? That was my, I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want to be valued, cherished, adored. I could fill in any of those words. And then that was the feeling that I was going to have. That's the part that needs the healing. All right. So I had to take that to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places here. And so I know that I'm desiring to be cherished and loved and validated, accepted, and just adored, delighted in. And God's like, well, let me heal that baby girl. Let me show you where my word says that I've chosen you, that you are more precious than rubies, that I knitted you together in your mother's womb, that I have called you for such a time as this. I had to go and find and seek the scripture. I have called you into the wilderness and there I will make you my wife. Because right now, many of you know, I'm in a season of singleness, right? It's not forever. I'm just in a season of it. Happens to be a couple more seasons than I would have hoped. Turn it into decades, okay? (laughs) But with that, I had to identify what it was that I wanted to feel. And then I had to bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, you are the only one who can offer me true love and true desire and true validation. And I'm going to come and I'm just going to lay that at the cross because Jesus died and then rose so that I could have that. And I'm seeking it here in the worldly ways. 
Okay. So I really want you to try these exercises on for size and y'all know, I love hearing from you. So when you do these exercises, like right back to me and tell me like, oh my gosh, that was, that was tough stuff, right? I'm not just sitting here, you know, airing my dirty laundry for you guys. I mean, although it's kind of embarrassing. Okay. But I'm not just airing it for that. I'm airing it because I want you to see that there is a redemption story. I want you to see that God can use these moments, the moments of embarrassment for me. (laughs) And so my highest open prayer always is that you take this information, you apply it to your life and that you become healthier, stronger, more confident as a result of hearing God's word spoken over you and spending time with the Holy Spirit, resting in him, resting in his promises. And so that is what I pray for you, sweet sister friend. All right. If this blesses you, please let me know. Please share it with a friend if you think it might resonate with her or perhaps him. I shouldn't just be exclusive there. But know that I love you. Know that I adore you. I cherish you. Make sure you hop on over to our free Facebook group, Free and Favored. And also we have Lighten Up Lifestyle, y'all. Don't forget about that. That is our membership group. It's kind of like our group coaching, our monthly group coaching. And we do a lot more than just, you know, calls and stuff like that. So there's bonus teachings. We do random acts of kindness. We have lots of fun up in there. All right. We do monthly challenges, fitness challenges, and things like that. So um, that's available in the show notes if you're wanting to learn more about that monthly group. But also we have free and favored. And then, of course, make sure you hit subscribe so that whenever a new episode drops, you are ready to go. All right, sweet sister. Until next time. Keep on shining.